Yeah, I'm. Um, that last game was a, a heartbreaker. Um, came down to the wire, yeah. but um, we got more Yankees baseball tomorrow as they start off their first series against Baltimore. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Um, but let's hop into our first segment here. Tyler Wade, him not making the roster and how this may affect the team going forward. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, Tyler Wade didn't make the roster because the Yankees acquired very late in spring training an outfielder from the Rockies named Mike Talkman. Now, Mike Talkman, if you don't know who he is, he was obviously an outfielder for the Rockies. He's played the past two seasons. He's 28 years old. He has not hit well at the uh, at the major league level. That is no secret. Just look at his numbers. He has a career batting average of, I believe, um, 150 to one, I think 153. So his career batting average is 153. But if you look at his minor league numbers, um, they're impressive to an extent. He's been in the minor league for six seasons, and he's bat. He has a career batting average in the minor leagues of 304. He has um, 111 stolen bases. Um, he hits. I mean, his his uh, career high in homers in the minor leagues was actually last season where he hit 20. So it, it looks like the guy can can play a little bit. Um, he's a left-handed batter and left-handed thrower, which also uh, bodes well for us, although Wade was as well. But the one reason I think that Wade didn't make this team and Talkman did is that Talkman is an outfielder. Wade is an infielder that they put in the outfield in spring training to test it out. Now, if Wade would have been practicing the outfield uh, from day one um, when the season ended last year, then he may be on the roster now. But the reason the Yankees don't have Wade there is 100% because Talkman's an outfielder, Wade is not. Wade played great in spring. Um, his versatility in the infield is phenomenal, but we have a better player to be a versatile infielder in DJ LeMahieu. So Tyler Wade not being on his team is unfortunate. It's disappointing for uh, me as a Yankee fan and Tyler Wade, obviously, but uh, the decision to keep Talkman on this team uh, is because it's just pretty simple. He can play the outfield better than Tyler Wade can. Yeah. Um, the Yankees obviously are kind of in some injury issues, so I could see why, you know, they took the outfielder over uh, Tyler Wade and sent him down and, you know, <clears throat> really didn't see anything in him at the outfield position. Um, obviously, he was kind of a guy, he was a little bit of a utility guy for us, um, but obviously, DJ LeMay, DJ LeMay, he will be uh, taking that position. So, I I think it was a reasonable decision. But, you know, it's kind of unfortunate because, uh, you know, us Yankee fans, you know, want him to still be there and uh, in the lineup, uh, you know, when we need him. Yeah, it's unfortunate because Wade really proved this spring that he could be more than just a guy who plays defense. Uh, in the infield. He, uh, he really proved he could hit. Uh, his batting average for the spring was over 300. Um, he really proved that he could uh, do whatever the team needed him to do because um, as a utility man, the more positions you can play, the more valuable you are as a player, which is completely obvious. But if you don't play those positions particularly well, um, then you're really just doing a disservice to your team. And Tyler Wade... Um, did an admirable job playing the outfield in spring training. Um, he didn't get good jumps on the ball. He, he 
He let base hits fall in front of him that other more experienced outfielders would have caught. And you made a good point in fact the Yankees had an injured outfield right now with Aaron Hicks being out for a week or so with, on the 10-day DL. So they do want to have um, a team with players who can play those positions um, during times of injury like right now. Because you're, you're going to start the season with Stanton playing left field and Gardner playing center. So you're going to have um, Stanton who was – Let's just call a spade a spade. Not the best left fielder in this last season. He never played it before. And that's why I give Stanton, I give Stanton a pass for a lot of things because creature of habit, he was hit in the face a few years ago, psychological issues with, with, with hitting and going to a new league, had to mess with him. His, he's a creature of habit. So I give Stanton a lot of, a lot of passes because of um, all the strikeouts last year. But that being said, he had 38 home runs, drove at 100, so he had a great season regardless. But um, Stanton playing left field, it's not the worst thing in the world because he improved in spring training. He looked like a natural left fielder. Guardiel obviously plays very good center field. He's just being right. But sooner or later, Hicks will be coming back, and that will clear itself up. But as of right now, um, we do need to have a backup outfielder who is an actual outfielder. Um, as much as I'm upset that Tyler Wade is not here, um, he, his demeanor was, was great. He, he seemed to be happy. He's a good young ball player. Um, but it, it, it just, it's just a numbers game. And he, uh, he couldn't play the outfield as, as well as Talkman could, um, even though Talkman really hit like Wade can. But um, it, we'll see. Uh, he, it's not like this guy's going to be uh, playing every day. He's not going to be taking Judge's job or Stanton's job. So it, while, while it's upsetting that we're not seeing Tyler Wade on the opening day roster, um, to, to have Talkman there instead of Wade is, is definitely not uh, the worst thing in the world. Yeah, um, I have to agree. Um, with Hicks out, the outfield's going to look a little bit different uh, for, 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 for a few weeks. Um, we'll have to see how, you know, Garner's obviously had experience out in center, um, and Stanton had a little bit of experience in left last year, so it's not much of a worry um, for, for them. Um, but we, what it really comes down to is we really needed a guy that was a true outfielder and we got one um, and we had to send Wade down. Um, it's kind of, this is kind of like a situation how uh, Ronald Torres, when he was on the team, kind of, it kind of went uh, with him not, we didn't really have space for him and, he was a, he was a good guy for the Yankees. I loved Roland Torres, but you know we didn't have space for him. Uh, we had way too many guys, and we had a utility guy uh, already. So I think you know he's not going to be the extra outfielder is not going to be playing every day. Uh, he's going to be I I don't know how much playing time he will get, but it's not going to be a lot. So we're we're not going to have to worry about that, but. Um, I think the Yankees. I think they'll be fine with with what with what they did uh, with Wade and everything. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just it, like I said before. It's a numbers game, and you made a good point bringing up Ronald Torres. Um, just to just to go off of that for a second, um, something that baseball and it's kind of unfortunate. Baseball is actually very. I'm sorry, it's very unfortunate that baseball is not devaluing as much as they should be. Um, it's clubhouse culture. Clubhouse culture is a very important aspect of the game. If you have happy players, you have excited players, and they want to play better, they want to work harder. 
Ronald Torres is a prime example of that. Not the best player in the world, decent hitter uh, and, a, and a pretty good fielder, but like I said, he's not Mike Trout, he's not Aaron Judge, he's not one of the game's best by any stretch. But he added something to that team. I mean, you saw uh, whenever Judge did a home run, Didi would pick up Torres, who was all 5'6", um, and high-five Aaron Judge. So it was, it, it was fun to see. It was... It, it added to the, it added to the team, not you know, so much in a, in a in a baseball sense, but in a clubhouse sense. We helped the guys be loose. There are great guys who've done that for their for a lot of their careers, make careers out of it. A guy like Kevin Millar. Kevin Millar was an average big league player for the Red Sox and the Orioles and the Marlins, but he was incredibly funny and added to his team because I mean he could play a little bit, but also he kept the guys loose. I mean he kept he had that phrase cowboy up for the 04 Red Sox, which I mean brought together a bunch of I mean, they were good players, but brought together a bunch of guys to, to, to unite around breaking the 04, breaking the 86 year curse of the Red Sox. So there's something to be said about those kind of players. Uh, Tyler Wade seemed like one of those guys. He was always smiling and happy and, be, and happy to be there, and now he's not going to be there. Uh, we have a new guy who hasn't been on the team. He's been on the team for what, less than a week? He's played in, what, one or two spring training games, and he's a new guy. He's a new guy, and Yankees don't really know. Players, staff, don't really know. So it's unfortunate to see the clubhouse culture has kind of gone to the wayside, but um, maybe it'll come back. But with the analytics in baseball now, I don't think so. Um, but, hey, I could be wrong. been wrong before. Smarter, than, smarter men than me um, worked, for, worked for baseball. So we shall see what happens as far as the, uh, the Wade situation goes um, and clubhouse culture goes because I like clubhouse culture guys if you couldn't tell on my diatribe now but I like clubhouse culture guys they add something to the game that's not just stats so yeah um, I was a little sad when we did lose uh, Torres I think he was even though he he didn't he didn't always play but he was always in the dugout. He always had the energy. He was like an, a juggernaut in in the uh, in the dugout. He he fired everybody up when when we really needed it. And I I think right there was a guy that you know the Yankees had. Like he was a guy that just kept them together. And since we didn't have any more space, it it kind of he had to go. You know he went down to AAA. Then we, we, we released him. Then he was on the Cubs for a little bit. I think the Cubs, I think, maybe released him. And now he's on the Twins. I'm, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's on the Twins. So yeah, it's a little bit unfortunate. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just a little bit unfortunate. But uh, uh, he's gone now, and we have this little bit of a little wade situation, but I think it'll be fine. I think we'll be fine for uh, tomorrow and the rest of the series. I agree with you, but um, we are getting in a uh, another phone call regular here on the show. We're getting in a, a lovely caller again, so let's hear uh, what our caller has to say. Yeah, hey, gentlemen, how are you? So um, I know that the season is beginning tomorrow, so a lot of excitement in the air, but Let's look back. Let's look at a little fast forward to June. Who would you trade for, and who would you be willing to give up? Do you see any weaknesses in our current lineup, and anyone out there that if you really could get, you would go after? 
great question there, and welcome back to the show there, Dom. Um, Thanks. As far as Yankees go, um, I mean, you can never have enough starting pitching. I've been saying this for a while now, how um, the Yankees really, and it's might, it's, it, might, it might be a pipe dream at this point, but Madison Bumgarner is going to be a free agent relatively soon. Um, the Giants are a team in rebuilding. We have some prospects to give up. So there's always the thought of maybe Bumgarner can come in. He's been, he's been money in the playoffs. So I think um, if I'm going to trade for somebody who's a favorite pitcher, and I think <laughs> Madison Bumgarner is definitely the guy to, uh, to go after. Yeah, um, I was actually going to say pitching as well. Um, I think we could always improve with the pitching, especially starting pitching. Um, and if if one of our segments here, Voight and Bird, if they don't do good, I could maybe see us trying to add to that mix um, at that position. But I really can't really see – I don't really see any other position to uh, to look – to yeah, I, look into that and see – what we we need, like need need. Yeah, it's it's clear. We this team's very good with me, but the fact we're talking about the 25th man being Wade and Talkman, um, just shows how good this team actually is. But uh, thank you, Don, for that for that question. Yeah, thank um, you. Another great question. And uh, with that, we actually have to go uh, to a short break, short and land break. But we'll be right back discussing uh, Luke Voigt and Greg Bird next. Hello, it's Tim from the Amazing Mets Podcast, where every Thursday night we cover everything you need to know about the New York Mets. Come join us this Thursday from 9.30 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we will talk about the Mets opening day and your decisions they made with the lineup that day. We will also be talking about the Spring Training Awards and how everyone performed over spring training, such as prospects and newly acquired players. We will also be opening up our mailbag for any questions you have about the New York Mets. We hope to see you there Thursday night from 9.30 to 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and talk Mets. Can't wait to see you guys there. All right, welcome back welcome, to welcome, the welcome. episode. Um, but let's hop into our next segment here. Voight and Bird are both on the roster for opening day. What are you? What are your thoughts on both people that were competing for a, a position actually make it onto the team? Well. To start, the only reason that both of them are on the team is because Aaron Hicks will be out for a few weeks, so like we mentioned previously. Um, yeah. Aaron, Hicks, uh, Aaron Hicks will be playing center field shortly, so the Yankees have a, have a decision to make. Luke Voigt and Greg Bird have very similar spring trainings. Now, the Yankees and Brian Cashman said that going into spring training, Voigt had a leg up on Greg Bird. So I, my, my thought was throughout the entirety of spring training, if Voigt and Bird had the exact same stats when spring training came to an end, or similar, or similar, that the vote would be voice, that the, that the job would be voice, and I still believe that. The only reason that they're both here is because of Hicks' injury. Now tomorrow, it's been announced that Luke Voigt will be DHing, and Greg Bird will be the, be the first baseman tomorrow for opening day against Baltimore. Now, their spring training went like this: 
Voigt batted 289 with four home runs and 12 RBIs. Um, and Bird batted 333 with three home runs and 10 RBIs. Very similar springs. Now, I don't know what the Yankees prefer. Uh, obviously, I think Bird is a better fielder. Um, now, there's not a lot to be shown with, between these two. Uh, not any more competition than they already had as far as regular season goes because they're not going to be really competing for the job much longer with it coming back very soon. So I personally believe that Voight will be the guy to win the job and that Bird will be going down the spring uh, to, uh, to, to the minor league, to triple A. So, uh, even though that does upset me because I, I do like Bird and his bat and his swing. Um, helps he's a lefty. So there's that. But, um, yeah, if I had to say he's going to win that job, I think it's going to be Voight. You don't want to be Bird. But as of right now, I'm going to enjoy the fact that both of them are playing. Uh, both of them are healthy, it seems. You know, Bird had a, uh elbow scare towards the end of spring training. It, it's always the end of spring training when, when Bird hurts himself. Uh, last year, the year before, he just seems to be uh, very injury-prone. He has great springs, but the uh, end of spring seems to be his, uh, his big bugaboo. So, um but I'm very thankful that this, this past injury was not very uh, harmful to Greg Bird. But uh, it's good to see them both playing in the open day lineup, and uh, only only time will tell uh, who will actually be playing on this team for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, it's I wasn't really expecting the both of them to get on the team, but since of the uh, Hicks injury, um it makes sense to bring both of them on board um, to try them out, see what happens for, you know, Voight and Bird being on the team, see what happens at first base, who who can really show off, I think is going to be something that's going to happen in these next few, game, few games when we do play uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, I think Voight, I think Voight will definitely be the guy – that the Yankees are obviously wanting to play first base. I think he'll win it, and Bird will go down. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad they're both on a bo- on board. I' pretty excited to see what both of them can do now that we actually have both of them on here and see if they can really battle it out uh, for first base. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see. Also, the future of at first base for either one of these guys, um, because as you, you know, as we know, Bird has been he's been getting a little bit, he's been getting injured a lot the last few years, and it's looking like people are saying he's kind of falling into a hole of where we're not going to really want him or we're not going to need him. Uh, like Voight, Voight could really take over that position after what he had uh, the last half of the year last year so it's going to be interesting but um yeah i'm excited for both of them to be on the team as am i and you you can't say that luke voigt uh didn't deserve the job i mean after bird had a disastrous season last year i mean just bird batted 199 so it's he, he was awful last year um he was hurt and he was fighting his way back so I, I get sick and tired of, of, of giving Greg Bird passes because of injury, but it's true. He's injured, so got to give him that. But Luke Voigt saved uh, the Yankees at first base last year. He 
hit 14 home runs, drove in 33 runs, and batted 333 in 39 games. So he really proved that he could play well. Now, is it a flash in the pan? The spring training says no. Uh, what we will see in the season is a different story. We do not know that yet, obviously. But um, you, you, you said that you believe the Yankees want Boyd to win the job. I disagree. I think the Yankees want Bird to win the job. I think the Yankees want to have Greg Bird in this lineup and on this team. Uh, Cashman loves Luke Voigt. Cashman loves um, those kind of under-the-radar finds. That's why he loves Aaron Hicks so much. Um, those kind of buy-low uh, guys who you can get and um, try to be great. So he, he does love Luke Voigt, but I think the Yankees as a whole want Greg Bird. He's a homegrown guy. He's a left-handed bat. It adds to the team. He's a better fielder. So I do believe the Yankees want to have Bird playing first base. That being said, the Yankees aren't stupid. The Yankees are worth billions of dollars for being smart. So they know what uh, is going to play well. And if they believe that Luke Voigt can play better than Greg Bird, then they're going to have Luke Voigt play over Greg Bird. There's no getting around that. And that's a very sound logic. And I tend to agree with it. If you're going to play better, you're going to play. It's just, it's, it's basic, it's basic concept. So I think Voigt will be the guy who eventually, uh, once Hicks comes back, sticks at first base. Um, as, as unfortunate as that is, because I remember when Greg Bird came up several years ago, um, when Mark Teixeira was hurt, uh, I missed, speaking of Teixeira, I missed Teixeira. Uh, not, not so much striking out all the time, but, he was a fun player to watch, and I, I loved uh, how he feel uh, his ability to feel at first base and switch hitting power. It was, uh, it was fun to watch to share up over time, but I digress. Um, Greg Bird came up in 2015 uh, when Tex got hurt again uh, and played very well. He batted 261, 11 home runs, 31 RBIs. He played solid defense. He really proved that he could be a line-to-line hitter um, in the middle of a lineup that's ready to win. Then he had shoulder surgery. And he was out for all of 2016. Uh, and then 2017 came around. Wilson Hughes going to be the first base. We started on opening day, but he was hurt again. And then 2018 comes around, and he has a great spring training again, and he's hurt again. And 2019 comes around, has a great spring training, injures himself again in spring training. Hopefully not terribly. It didn't seem like it was terrible. He, he seems like he's going to be in the opening day lineup tomorrow, so there's nothing to worry about there. But... Who knows what Greg Bird you're going to see after all the injuries, after everything that's happened to Greg Bird. Who knows what you're going to get out of him in, in an actual Major League Baseball game played by played nine innings by actual big leaguers that aren't taken out in the fourth or fifth inning. So what we're going to see out of Greg Bird, I do not know. I do not know what we're going to see out of Greg Bird, but I'm hoping for good things because I hope he can pull the job out from underneath Voight. You know I like Voight. And Voight plays very well and could be a very valuable asset for us. Um, I hope Bird wins it. I just don't see it happening. It's really unfortunate to, to see a guy who comes up and plays well, and you're like, that's the future. That's the future. Right there. There he is. And he suddenly just evaporates. Uh, it's unfortunate, but, hey, that's, that's the nature of the beast in baseball. It can happen like, like that in a, in a snap of the fingers. Um, but we shall see. Opening days tomorrow. I'm not going to get too down on Bird or Boyd because I get to watch baseball that matters tomorrow. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Um, whoever gets the job, I'm 
I think a lot of a lot more people are moving to Voight than Bird. Um, sadly, I mean, I wasn't trying to throw any shade at Bird um, before, but it's just we've gave him we gave him a lot of opportunities, um, and he's been injured. He's kind of like an injured prone by now. Um, it's just I I can't really see him keeping up with the season, keeping up with everybody else without even causing something of an injury. Uh, I'm not saying that he's always going to get injured, but it, it's it's been kind of looking like that the last few years, and it's getting me a little worried about Bert. Um, I mean, I would love to see him have a season, a type of season like he had in the playoffs in 2017 when when we had him playing first base. That was amazing. The Indian series was really exciting. So I would love to see Greg Bird be in this lineup because we do need some lefties uh, with Didi out and with uh, Hicks out. Um, I would love to see him in here, but Voight is just, he's proven, he's proven himself last year. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's not as, he doesn't have as many injuries as Greg Bird's had in the last you know, three seasons, maybe. So I think it's going to go to Voight, but we can hope for the best from Bird. Um, they'll both be here tomorrow, so we we can see how they how they do, how they get get started. But I feel like at the end of the day, it's going to be Voight taking the job and Bird going to the minors. Agreed. Unfortunately, um, although I will say Yankee fans have very short memories um, and very low memories when it comes to certain things. They uh, they tend to forget. Um, players that they like the bad things, and they remember the good remember the good things of players um, that they that they don't like. So Greg Bird, the 2015 Greg Bird, um, that everyone seemed to love when he was when he came up to uh, replace Teixeira for a little bit, um, everyone seemed to forget that, and they remember the fact that he's injured all the time and that he sucks when he's playing. Well you got to remember the potential of Greg Bird. Now, yes, a lot of managers have been fired on the basis of potential, but Greg Bird has a swing that, that looks, I mean, obviously we've seen him slump, but it looks slump-proof. He can go to left field. He can go to right field. He can go to center field. And all with power. He could have a good first base. Now, Yankee fans will say, oh, Greg Bird can hurl the time. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Voight's Voight the man. What's the man? And Voight, may, Voight very well may be the man. Voight very well may be the man, but they also forget Kevin Moss. Kevin Moss came up in the mid-90s to play first base when Mattingly was probably hurt again, and um, and hit home run after home run. It looked like the real deal, and then fizzled out like a comet. So things like that do happen. Now, am I saying Greg? Uh, am I saying Luke Voight is going to be the next Kevin Moss? No. Um, but there's always something you got to worry about when a guy does essentially nothing for his, for his career up to that point with the Cardinals, uh, Luke Boyd did. Comes to the Yankees and bats over 300 with 14 homers and 33 RBIs in only 39 games. So you gotta, you got to balance it out. What do you think is going to happen? This guy really is. Um, but, yeah, Yankee fans tend to forget the, the good of Greg Bird, um, which I'm not forgetting. So I know how good a player you can actually be. And I hope to see that player very soon. Yeah. Um, Greg Bird would be perfect for 
for the lineup as it looks right now. Um, it's just unfortunate that he has it, injury issues and, you know, he's gotten a lot of opportunities and he really hasn't capitalized on them. Um, and Voight has, he, you know, he was, he wasn't really that great of a guy. We got him, he came to New York and he, he, he blew up. So I hope both of them do well. Um, hoping Bird can have a good year for once. Um, without having any injury, and uh, they do well. Agreed, 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 agreed. These players, um, I think being Yankee fans, we always want them to do well. So, um, regardless of who's playing first base, uh, I'm going to root for the success of both players because the success, the success of those players is going to be the success of my favorite team, the New York Yankees. But with that, we have to wrap up the uh, bird discussion and head to another break. We'll be right back in a, in a second talking about what opening day means to us and the opening day roster for the New York Yankees. So, see you in a second. Hello, Diamondback fans. This is Blake from the Rattle Up Podcast. Baseball is officially back, and the D-backs open it off with a four-game set at Dodger Stadium. We will take you through the series, including highlights, key performers, and analysis. Also, with Steven Souza Jr. being put on the injured list for the year after blowing out his knee in an exhibition game against the White Sox, what does the D-backs outfield depth look like? Socrates Brito is gone after he got claimed by San Diego, and there doesn't seem to be a true fifth outfielder. Our thoughts on that and more on the first regular season episode of Rattle Up, this Friday, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. That's, that's this Friday, 11 Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. See you there. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's hop into opening day, tomorrow, rosters, everything like that. Um, It's about to happen, um, and I'm very excited for the first game. And, uh, yeah, let's hop right into it. Yes, let's. let's. Uh, Before I break down the roster, which I'll do uh, in a second, I just want to say what opening day means to me. when I when I see opening day come, I know that spring's around, to get warmer out, and the the sport I love is, is is kind of back from its from its hibernation, and uh, it's it's going to get exciting to watch baseball again. I can go down and talk to friends, talk to family about uh, the, the game I love, and um, just the best time of year is when baseball is being played because it's it's warm outside. You can be outside. You can you can go in the pool and listen to the game. And um, really, it's, it's, it's the best time of year for, for life uh, and, for, and obviously for baseball being that's played. So uh, opening day means a lot to me, and um, I'm very happy to, to see it uh, return once again from its, uh, from its brief hibernation. But it is back. We are back. And now let's break down the Major League roster because it's an interesting one, and it's a damn good one. So let's start with the rotation, shall we? We have five guys start out the season. Um, Sabathia will be on the opening day rota- will be on the opening day roster, even though he will not be pitching. He's not ready yet to pitch. He's still hurt, um, but he has a five-game suspension from when he hit Jesus Sucre last year of the Rays uh, due to retaliation uh, because Romine was thrown at. And I believe that um, I believe that what's his name uh, Sabathia will be a welcome addition once he's back pitching, but as of right now, he will be sidelined for a, for, a, for a 
short while while he's injured and then suspended. Um, we have Paxton, great addition, uh, big lefty from the Mariners now in our rotation. Tanaka is the opening day starter. Uh, J.A. Happ, Jay Happ is going to be a um, lovely four starter. And Domingo Herman around the out of five. Tell me what you think about those, uh, those formidable starting pitchers. Um, I think it's a great lineup. I I think from top to bottom of the rotation um, looks pretty good. Herman's back. Uh, we'll see what he does. He did. I he was a bullpen pitcher last year for us, um, but with the injury issues as the pitching side, uh, he did start and he did okay. Um, but I would like to see what now that he has the experience, what he can do. Uh, with what he, you know, what he provided for us, um, I'm excited for Paxton um, pitching the second game of the of the season. I would love to see what he can do. Um, it's going to be a home game in the Bronx with his first start, so I think that would be pretty exciting. And Tanaka, I really hope his first start's good. I hope he starts off well. Um, we always we always know what he can do in the in the postseason, so uh, hopefully. He, he he doesn't always carry it over to the regular season. Um, he's always mediocre, but the playoffs he really turns it up. So I'm excited to see what what's you know in store for him. Uh, J. A. Happ, I hope he does very well. He's one of our veterans, and um, I think he'll I think he'll have a solid season. He did really well for us when we picked him up, so I think he'll do very good. And C. 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 is is the man, man, man. Um, I think he'll have a he'll have a solid last season of his career. He did he was the he was the man in the playoffs for us in 2017. So I uh, I have big hopes for him in his last season. Even though it's his last season, he's kind of worn down, pretty old, but he still has it in him. He still has it in him. Yes, he does, and uh, I'm gonna enjoy every start CC makes because they'll be his last. The last start of his career, and uh, i got to thank Big CC for uh, everything he gave to this team, um, for the memories, and it's going to be a sad last season, but hopefully one that we end up on top of the baseball world. Now on to the bullpen. We have a phenomenal bullpen. While Batantis is going to be hurt, by the way, let's mention that Severino will be back uh, in the rotation at some point uh, in May, early May, so we ha- we'll have our ace back shortly. Uh, the bullpen consists of Dellen Batantis, who's hurt right now, so exclude him. Right now, the, the healthy players are Zach Britton, Luis Sessa, Chad Green, Jonathan Holder, Tommy Canely, Adam Adovino, Stephen Tarpley, and Aroldis Chapman. Now, uh, Tarpley or Sessa will probably go down to the minor leagues when Batanz is hurt. Batanz is off the, uh, the injured list. But Luis Sessa is out of minor league options, so he'll likely be claimed. Do the Yankees go with uh, sending down Sessa and risking losing him? Or do they send down Tarpley and lose a lefty out of the bullpen? Now, I don't know. But regardless of what they do when Texas comes back, just look at the bullpen. And I'm not sure anybody in baseball could say that their team has a better bullpen than the Yankees. Britain, Green, Adovino, Chapman, and the Texas coming back, it's a phenomenal bullpen. And all I could say are good things about it. Yeah, I... We have a little bit of injury in, in, you know, in that bullpen, but I think we'll be fine. I think Sessa and Tarpley will be okay for us. Um, I'm excited to see Adovino's first uh, 
you know, bullpen start. Uh, we need him. And I'm excited to see what we can uh, get out of uh, Canely. He, if you guys didn't know, he was injured. Um, and he's going to be coming back for the uh, 2019 season. So I'm going to be I'm going to be keeping an eye out for him. He was one of the guys that I uh, was excited for when we had him. So, yeah, I'm, I think he'll do well. I hope he does well uh, off of that injury. But, um, yeah, this bullpen looks, even with the injur- injuries, it, it still looks amazing. It certainly does. And I'm going to look forward to uh, seeing these guys come out and uh, strike strike out the, uh, the opposing hitters. It'll be very, very fun. Now on to our catchers. We have two catchers, Sanchez and Roman. Pretty standard. Sanchez coming off injury um, and a down season, and Romine is a phenomenal backup. Um, and when Gary was hurt last year, he really stepped up. But tell me what you think you're going to see out of Gary Sanchez, because personally, I think he's going to bounce back and probably bat about 270, 280, uh, with 30 again, 85, 90 RBIs. I mean, that might be a lot, but I'm expecting big things out of Gary Sanchez, including improved defense, because the man has a phenomenal arm. So tell me what you think you're going to see out of uh, this year's Gary Sanchez. Um, Gary, I think he definitely bounces back. Um, I think I had him when I predicted his stats, um, batting like 280, 30 home runs, um, something around there. I think he definitely takes a step up from last year. Um, even though it was a down year for him, he was struggling with injuries, um, and stuff like that. And, you know, he really had a tough season on him. So I think he can definitely bounce back, have a strong season, bat in around the two, 270 to 80 range and have at least 30-plus home runs. Um, we saw that from him in uh, before the last slump season. Um, but, yeah, he, he can definitely break out. And I, I think he'll definitely be a key guy for us for this next season because last year I feel like since he had that slow start, he really wasn't getting it going. He was a guy that we missed in the lineup. Uh, with those struggles. So I definitely think if he has that type of season with, you know, batting 270, 280 with 30 home runs around there, he's going to be a guy to look for in the lineup behind Judge and Stanton. And we, when we got Stanton uh, last year, he was a guy in that, in that uh, talk of the, the big three. Uh, so with him not being as good, well, having a slump season last year, I really wanted to see being wanting, you know, to be in that big three in the lineup with also following Didi when he comes back and Boyd, the the power we saw from him, um, Hicks, all those guys. I think he definitely has a good season and he will, you know, be great uh, for us moving forward. Yes, I, I, I fully predict a great year out of Gary Sanchez, and I'm very excited to have him back and healthy off those leg and shoulder injuries. Now on to the infield. We talked about Burb, talked about Voight. We have thoughts to go over them again. Uh, but the rest of the infield consists of Miguel Andujar, DJ LeMahieu, Glaber Torres, and Troy Tulowitzki. Now, I love Andujar. I think he's uh, got a phenomenal swing. He, he's he had a lot of doubles last year. Those doubles will translate to home runs, and he fills out and, and um, muscles up. Uh, LeMayhew is going to be a phenomenal backup, playing first, third, second, and short in the pinch. Um, he's going to play every day, and when Tulo, who's not going to play, he'll, Tulo will play four, four days out of the week. Glaber will slide over to short, and DJ will play second days. So 
um, you'll definitely have um, DJ playing um, every day, but at different spots. Glaber has almost a slump-proof swing. Uh, I expect another phenomenal year out of Glaber Torres, only getting better. Um, he's learning uh, from the pitchers that he saw last season. And I believe that he will adjust upon that and make his uh, third-place rookie of the year finish and also Andrew Hart's second-place rookie of the year finish. And I think they'll both come back with good, uh, great, and even better seasons than last year. And now the wild card, Troy Tulowitzki. He made it through spring training without getting injured. He is going to start at shortstop for the New York Yankees on opening day, the spot that his idol played for 20 years. I am honestly, and you can call me crazy now, Blue Jays fans who know very well, Rockies fans who know very well, Tulowitzki gets hurt a lot, but I'm expecting a solid campaign until Didi comes back to Tulowitzki. I really believe it. I, I think he'll be not too low like he was five, six years ago, but a solid big leaguer who plays a good shortstop, hits for power, hits for an okay average, 250, 260, and is a serviceable player until we get DD back to play short. And now please give me your take. Then we'll go to the outfielders after this is over. All right. Um, so, yeah, we went through the first basemans. I think uh, Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar are going to have great uh, second seasons. Um, I'm really hoping for uh, big things from them for their, for their second seasons. Um, Troy Tulowitzki, I'll get into him a little bit later, but uh, DJ LeMayhew, he's going to be a great utility. I can definitely see him helping us out a lot. Uh, but Troy Tulowitzki, he is going to be a weapon that the Yankees need to use. I think this guy is a steal for us. He's still a solid player, and I do – a solid season from him when DD comes back, even when DD comes back and he takes that role and Tulowitzki comes a utility, he is still going to be a guy in big moments when we need a pinch hitter or something that's going to deliver. I'm really have I have a really big eye on Tulowitzki. As do I, as do I. Uh, DJ LeMay, he was essentially the Yankees version of Ben Zobra from years ago. The outfield very self-explanatory. We talked about talking before. He's a back at the outfielder. There's that. Hicks will be back shortly, so hopefully we'll have him back soon and doing Aaron Hicks-like things. Brett Gardner has had a phenomenal spring training, so I'm expecting Gardner to have not the Gardner five, six years ago, but another bounce back season for Brett, batting about 260, uh, about 10-15 home runs. And we do, not, we do not have to go over judging Stanton. We know what they're doing. Just two of the game's greatest. Yeah, um, Judge and Stanton, we, we know they're going to have some big years. Um, Stanton's going to have a uh, better second season, as we said before. Uh, Brett Garner, I hope he could still do good. He's going to be one of those utility outfielders when Hicks, Hicks comes back, and I also think Hicks is going to have a great season as well. And, um, yeah, I think all the outfield is going to do really well um, with Stanton hopefully having – he had an okay season, but he's going to have a better one this year, hopefully. Yes, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, I'm expecting big things out of you. Big things, big things. But with that, we have to wrap up our show. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, opening yeah. day is tomorrow, so everyone listening to that, we will, uh, we will be back next Wednesday uh, giving you the breakdown of the week that was. So thank you, Yankee fans. Uh, we will see you mm-hmm. next time. See you guys. If I can make it there.
Pinstripe Talk is produced by Benson Fector. Pinstripe Talk is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Eamon at Yankees Network 99. And Anthony at AF Simeon 16. That's A-F-S-I-M-E-O-N-E 16. For more Pinstripe Talk content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. And be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D C A S One. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Finster Talk. We'll see you next time. Blog Talk Radio. Opening day, opening day is tomorrow, and the Yankees are primed and ready to dominate the American League this year. Tyler Wade, unfortunately, won't be making the trip north, and the Voight-Bird battle still rages as the season begins. All this and more on today's episode of Pinstripe Talk. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Pinstripe Talk. I'm your host, Eamon, joined by my co-host, Anthony. Um, you excited for opening day? I have been waiting for this day since the Red Sox knocked the Yankees out of the playoffs uh, last year. And this fully functional death star the Yankees have uh, 